This is a free download from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30am in the Delancey Elam Church building at LeBanks St. Samson's in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. I've got your Bibles, uh, Romans, uh, Romans 50, and I just want to read, I think this is an awesome verse. I want to talk this morning about raising your expectations. Raising your expectations. Romans chapter 15, I just kind of think this is a pretty awesome verse. Romans 15, verse 13. This is, I think, Paul's desire. I think it's also God's desire. God's desire for our our lives this morning. It says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amazing, that verse. Father, I just pray, just bring, Lord, your word this morning alive in our hearts. We're hungry, Lord. We want you to speak. We want you to raise our expectations this morning. Just through your word this morning, just stir and encourage our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name. What a great verse, sorry. That's a verse you ought to underline in your Bible right there. The God of hope fill you with all joy, not a bit of joy, not some joy. Fill you with all joy and all peace. That's God's desire for your life this morning. That you'd be filled with all joy and all peace. Can you imagine how awesome that is? If your life was filled with all joy and all peace, can you imagine the incredible impact that would have? By the way, it's great to see Brian. I didn't know you there before, Brian. Great to see you. Great to see you back. Sorry, I didn't know you there. It's great to see Brian. And that word there, abound. Let's look at this word, abound. The word abound means superabundant, overflowing, excelling. This is what God's saying. He's saying that you will be overflowing. You'd have superabundant. You'd be excelling in joy and peace. And he says, that's really connected with your hope. In other words, if I haven't got much hope in my heart, I'm not liable to have very much joy, and I'm not liable to have very much peace. Have you found that? That when there's a sense that you you lose your hope, when you lose your expectancy, one of the things that you find as a result of that, there doesn't seem to be much joy, there doesn't seem to be much peace. So the higher my my expectancy is, the greater my hope is, the more full of joy and the more full of peace I'm going to be. And we can see that. I love what the word hope means. It means to anticipate with pleasure. It means to expect confidently. So we're not thinking about some vague thing, something that may or may not happen. In fact, the word hope in the Bible always means it will certainly happen. It's not some vague hope. 
Whenever you see the word hope in the Bible, it speaks of, of a certainty. The word hope also means, like this one, happy expectation of good, of something not yet seen. You see what I'm saying? Isn't that great? Let me say that again. Hope in the Bible means happy expectation of good, of something not yet seen. In other words, you've got an expectation of something good's about to happen, but you haven't yet seen the manifestation of it yet. And that's what, that's what hope is. And let me ask you this one. What is your expectation for life? What are you expecting God to do in your life? You see, the only thing that limits God is the level of our expectation. And sometimes we feel we've gone as far as we can in that challenge. Sometimes we have things in our life and we don't expect those things to change. We've got issues. And sometimes we've had those issues for so long in our lives, we don't expect those issues to change. We don't, we, don't, we don't expect that problem to change. We don't expect that challenge to change. We've got no expectation that anything in our lives will be different. And God this morning wants to cause the level of your expectation to rise. And I think we can live with all kinds of things in life. Hindrances, bondages, unresolved pain, sicknesses. And here is the problem We've lost the ability to expect it's going to be ever different. And I want to come along this morning and begin to raise your level of expectancy, to really believe it can be different. We don't have to continually live with those limitations in life. Let's expect those things to change. God says to you today, I want you to abound with hope. I want you to abound with expectation. I want you to abound with expectation of good, of something not yet seen. Aren't you glad that whenever the Bible speaks of grace and mercy and the goodness of God, I found there's always a word connected to it. You always find the word lavished. I love that word, lavished. If you're in Wales, you'd say lush. You know, it's almost this, God lavishes things on us. He's extravagant. He's super abundant. And the reason why the Bible always uses those terms and those phrases, it means that, that God can't be limited. That's why he uses super abundance. That's why he uses the word exceedingly. That's why the, he uses these words abound. Because God doesn't want you to place limitations on what he can do. So whenever you see the word grace, you always see the word amazing grace or, or abundant of grace or, or, or overflown with grace. There's always a word connected to it because God wants you to see how limitless his grace is, how limitless his mercy is, how limitless his power is. Because he wants you to have incredible expectation. That's why the Bible says he's able to do even more than what we imagine or what. Now, why is expectancy so important? Without expectancy, you, you never have any faith. Expectancy, faith needs expectancy. Hebrews 11.1 is a definition of faith. Faith 
is the evidence of things what hoped for. In other words, without expectation, we've got nothing to put our faith into. Faith comes as you dwell on the expectation in your heart. As you begin to dwell on on the hope, on expectation in your heart, then faith comes. That's the incredible thing the Bible says. It says, without faith, it's it's impossible to please God. Is that right? There's the point. If I've got no expectation, I've got nothing for my faith to connect to. And if I've got nothing to my faith to connect to, that means I haven't got any faith. And if I haven't got any faith, then that means I don't please God. Because it's impossible to please God without faith. And God wants you to be somebody full of expectation. And that's why the devil worked very hard to kill expectation in our lives. I think there's all kinds of ways he comes to kill expectation. He kills it through, he tries to kill it through discouragement. He tries to kill it through negativity, depression, discouragement. And when you become discouraged, when you've got no expectation, you don't draw on the Spirit of God. Expectation always draws on God, amen? It draws on the Spirit of God. And so God wants us to be full of expectation. Let me just give you some insights, I think, to expectation. I think expectation is going to have a, a powerful impact on your life. It's what happens in your circumstances. You see, ultimately, we receive into our life what we expect. Whether it be good, whether it be bad, we receive on the basis of our expectation. You see, if you don't expect anything, guess what you're going to get? So expectation is just so important. How are you doing? I'm fine under the circumstances. Because here's what happens. We see ourselves under the circumstances, and because we see ourselves under the circumstances, we don't expect anything to change. And because we don't expect anything to change, nothing changes. Because we're living under our circumstances rather than above it. Expectation causes you to live above your, ex, above your circumstances. Look at Jeremiah 29, verse 11. I think this has been one of my, my own life personally, has been a, just a, just a, I, I suppose, a reamer word that's been very important to our lives as a family and, and, and to our lives together. And Jeremiah 29, verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. One translation says, thoughts of peace, not evil, to you, for you to have an expected end. Most of this says that we live our lives filling our minds with all the amazing thoughts of God in our life. I don't think you can have low expectation if you live your life based on the word of God. I don't think you can live your life low expectation if you allow the word of God to flow towards us. And often if you've had people continually tell you how useless you are, maybe a teacher saying you'll never achieve anything. Sometimes we can have voices in our life that become echoes 
That we constantly listen to those voices that tell us how we're going to fail, that tell us how we're never going to succeed, that tell us how we're going to always be living with certain limitations in life. And if we allow those voices to speak powerfully into our hearts, they will always crush your expectation, always limit your expectation, always limit what you want to do. There are voices that echo that limit your life and your expectation. Expectation, really, is down to what you desire. It's what really you're passionate about. It's what really you're committed to fully in your life. You see, you can't have expectation and be half-hearted about something. I think when you've got expectation, you're passionate about what you want to see change. Is that right? There's something that your whole being is going after. Because you're passionate about that change. You're passionate about that expectation. Look at Mark eleven twenty four. I think Jesus is speaking to the disciples to raise expectation in their hearts. They've seen him speak to a fig tree and curse it. And cause, and cause it not to bear fruit any longer. And the disciples are staggered that what Jesus said came to pass. And Jesus then raises their level of expectation and says, listen, you can have that kind of same experience in life. That when you are facing mountains, when you are facing obstacles, you too can speak to those obstacles, you too can speak to those problems, and if you really believe in your heart... You can see him turn around. If you really expect those obstacles and those mountains to be removed, then they're going to be removed. And in Mark eleven twenty four, just spoke about speaking to mountains, not doubting in your heart. And in verse 24, it says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And one translation says, Whatever you desire in your heart, believe it, and you will receive it. Now, get a hold of this. You first of all believe it, then you what? Receive it. You don't receive it, then you believe it. You believe it, then you receive it. In fact, the moment you believed was the moment you received. You may not have yet seen the manifestation of it, but the moment you believed it was the moment you received it. Because believing means you've received it, even though you've not seen the manifestation of it yet. And Jesus talks about the desire of your heart. You see, the desire of your heart really is the passion of your heart. The expectation of your heart. And that's what he's trying to remind us of. Psalmist says this, Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desire, or the expectations of your heart. In other words, I just begin to delight in God. I they just enjoy God. That's simple, but you just enjoy God. A lot of people don't really enjoy God. You just enjoy God because he enjoys you. You just enjoy being with God. You just enjoy his presence. You just delight in him. You delight in his word. And the more you delight in him, you know what incredible things begin to happen? Your desires begin to change. You begin to desire the things he desires. 
You begin to want the things he wants. And suddenly God begins to, if you like, influence your heart. God begins to birth dreams in you. I don't think dreams just float out of heaven. True God-given dreams come through delighting yourself in God. And as you delight yourself in God, God begins to work on the heart. And he begins to influence the heart. He begins to give God-given dreams. He begins to give you a burning desire to win the lost. There's certain things that are not naturally desirous in our own lives. God has to work on the heart so we begin to find his burning desire. And suddenly you find as God begins to work on the heart, as he begins to work on the affections of the heart, you suddenly have a burning desire to win the lost. You suddenly have a burning desire to reach out to needy people. You suddenly have a burning desire to pray for the sick. You suddenly have a burning desire to see revival. Something begins to burn and work in your heart because as you're delighting yourself in God, he's working and moving on your affections. I think I may have shared last week. A good way to measure your spiritual temperature is to measure your affections of your heart. What things stir your heart? What things move your heart? Because that is often a good way to gauge where your temperature is. Because the the more God's working on your heart, the more your desires begin to come in line with his desires. In other words, your expectations begin to rise up. Your expectancy level rises as God works and moves on your desire. Getting back when we are in Wales, I used to read a lot of the Welsh Revival. Welsh revival happened, as you may know, through a man called Evan Roberts. Evan Roberts was a young man. He began to pray and seek God with all his heart. And God began to so move on his heart, there was a burning desire in his heart for revival. One day, they called a prayer meeting for revival. And about just a handful of people turned up. And you'd have thought he'd have been discouraged. But because God has so worked on his heart, he says, revival, it's here right now. It's happening, it's happening. Because he believed that as God moved through the desire of his heart, as far as he was concerned, revival had come. He expected the whole of Wales to be saved because his expectancy had been moved upon by the Spirit of God. And so as God began to move in the desire of his heart, his expectancy level began to flow and move. Here's your thing about expectancy. Expectancy is a choice. You know, it's not something you're born with. You're not, you know, some people do have a more positive outlook than others. Isn't that right? You know, I've got a friend and he's, we always joke because we say that he's, he's a pastor in Liverpool. And we say that we are the only two Birmingham City supporters in the whole of the UK. And we joke, but I've never met anybody so positive. There's been times I've sort of given up. He says, no, we're going to win this match and we're going to do this. He never gives up. He says, I've never seen anybody so positive. And often we can, people can have sometimes a bit of a more of a, a, a positive outlook. But the truth is, every one of us naturally has a negative outlook. 
You don't say, you know what, I've got to work on, I'm too positive, I've got to become more negative. I must work on my negativity because I'm too positive. None of us are born totally positive. We all seem to slide to negativity, is that right? We all seem to, to be pulled to negativity. Negativity is a result of what you focus on. You're negative because you focus on the wrong thing. And I think the most powerful thing we need to learn to do is if we want to be expectant, we've got to learn how to focus correctly. I believe a lot of failure in life happens because we focus on the wrong thing. Get your focus right and your expectancy level will rise. That's why I believe with all my heart, Jesus many times would just disappear to prayer. You know why? Because all the negative stuff around him, we just have to get away from it and refocus on Father. Refocus on the greatness and the awesomeness of God. And because we're kind of channeled that way, we always sometimes want to think the worst. We always want to feel sorry for ourselves. We always want to get sympathy. We always think it's never going to turn out right. But I've found this. Often expectancy is down to our choices. It's what we choose. And I've found this. That I've got to say, God, I choose to be expectant. I choose to focus and that you are the fact that you are the creator of heaven and earth. And if you created the heaven and earth, then my expectation level has got to rise because nothing is too difficult for you. Jesus came to a lame man and he kind of asked him a very strange question. Not the question you can't ask somebody who's lame. He says this, do you want to be made whole? In other words, have you an expectancy of wholeness? Or do you just have a low level of expectancy to be free of your pain? Have you got an expectancy of wholeness? Do you want a restored soul, a renewed mind, the fire of God burning in you? And I think we choose to live in expectancy or choose to live in negativity. That means I've got to choose the right thoughts. I've got to make sure that, that, that I, I focus on the right thing. I've got to say words that keep my expectancy level high. Have you noticed that? Because the moment you start complaining and moaning, how many have found their expectancy level begin to fall? Isn't that right? The moment I refuse to give way to that, the moment I, I refuse to give way to all those negative thoughts that bombard my mind, those thoughts that tell me how useless and how worthless I am, those thoughts that tell me of, 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 of disappointments, of bad experiences, I'm going to turn away from them and say, God, I choose to focus on what you said. And I choose to bring my words in line with your words. Believe in your heart. Don't doubt. Speak it with your mouth. Listen, your expectation, I think, is such an, a powerful, attractive force. Hebrews 2. Hebrews 2, verse 15. Sorry, Hebrews 12. If you're right. Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, verse 15. 
looking carefully, lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by this many become defiled. Bitter root springing up. I think this is the major hindrance of expectancy. People can be hurt. People can be disappointed. We don't resolve the hurt and the disappointment. We can become bitter. And that's the amazing thing. That when we become bitter, it attracts further bitter experiences. You know what? You can, be so, you can get that, that root can get so deep inside you, you expect people to fail you. You go into relationships expecting it to go wrong. You never trust. You never open your life to anyone. It just, it's just that, that root attracts fear. There is failure in your conversation. You tend to be critical and judgmental. You can't really ever express love and encouragement. I remember one particular guy, after a few years, I was thinking, why is that person, why is it they can never say anything encouraging? Just what, why is it, no matter what you do or what you say, they can never actually say anything that's really encouraging? I haven't met anybody like that. And I, just, I, I don't know where they got to the thing, I don't know where they And I felt God say to me, the reason why is this, they're afraid to make themselves vulnerable. You see, when you come to encourage someone, it always makes you vulnerable. Is that right? Is that right? You'll find people who, who can never say anything encouraging. It's the reason is, it's not they don't want to. It's because they're afraid to. Because if they say anything encouraging, it actually is going to make them actually vulnerable. It's going to make them more vulnerable. Because the moment they say anything encouraging, then that connects them to you. And so they, they distance themselves by never really saying anything encouraging. And, that, that, and it leads to this feeling of, of, of feeling miserable, of, of living a life of, of low self-esteem. And that bitterness defiles and affects everything around you. And some people are so affected by it, you no longer are very much fun to be around. People just don't like being around you because that's got such a grip on you. It affects your atmosphere. It affects everything around you. It defiles. People can't get connected. People can't get close. People can't enjoy being with you because it's got so deep inside you. Have you noticed that often people with a low expectation Often false humility. And that false humility covers up because they don't want to raise their expectations. They don't want to see their expectations rise. So it's better to speak low things. If I speak too positive, what happens if it doesn't happen? You see how it grips us? Look at Acts 3 5. Acts chapter 3, verse 5. As a man, if nothing else, expects something to happen. 
And he says in verse 4, verse chapter 3, And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. Now, he never had the faith to expect a miracle yet, but at least he has an expectation. And I found this. If you want to provoke God to do something in your life, then have an expectation of receiving something. Really believe and expect to receive something from God. I think it's a great attitude to come to church with, isn't it? To come expecting something. Almost, God, I don't really fully know what's going to happen, but I'm coming this morning with an expectation in my heart that something is going to happen. I'm expecting a change. I'm expecting a word from you. I'm expecting a touch from you. And it's almost when we create an atmosphere of expectation, then we start to receive something from God. If I come not really expecting anything, then that's exactly what I get, amen? I think it's great to have an expectation that you're going to receive something from God. And here's the point. When you expect something, you begin to press in that something's going to break open in your life. We often use this term, pregnant. And the term we use for pregnancy is what is an expectation. In other words, they are, they're pregnant with someone. They're expecting something to take place in a certain amount of months. And I think we should be pregnant with the promises of God. We can't see it yet, but we're about to get the manifestation any moment. I need a breakthrough, and I know God is going to do something. I need a miracle, and I know God is going to do something. Silver and gold are I none. But, there's an expect, but I'm expecting God to give you something awesome and incredible. He expected money. He got a healing. I mean, the thing, I think that's amazing about God sometimes. You expect a certain thing, but God always does it better. Amen? I found that. But I prayed for something, and then suddenly it didn't happen the way I thought it did, but it was better. It was far greater than what I thought would happen. If I'd have had what I wanted, it would have been quite limited. But suddenly God does something and it's far greater. He blesses us beyond our wildest dreams. I just think of the woman with the issue of blood. She just said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And she, ex- she approached Jesus expecting to receive. I think when you have that atmosphere of expectation, it just releases something awesome and amazing for God to flow in your life. You know, I was just thinking that expectation pulls the demands on the Holy Spirit. You, you just pull on the Holy Spirit every time you raise the bar of expectation. We to turn them. Joshua 10, verse, no, Proverbs 13, verse 12. Hope deferred makes the heart sick. Hope deferred. That word 
deferred there means missed appointment, disappointment, missed appointment. Just feel like giving up. Things just didn't turn out the way that you expected. And there's the problem. It so affects us that we can get to the point where we don't believe. We've got so disappointed that we're afraid almost to believe again. Here's a revelation we need to get a hold of. Delay does not mean no. Delay does not mean no. I used to think that was the case, but you know, delay doesn't mean no. It means the manifestation has not yet come. God says, just because you've had a delay regarding that particular thing you've been expecting for, it doesn't mean the answer's no. Amen? Let me give you a few ways as I close that, that can, can cause the level of your expectancy to rise. Let's look at Luke 24. And I'll just close with this. There's a few ways to help you to raise the level of your expectancy. Luke 24. Verse 29. About the resurrection of Jesus. But when they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it's towards evening, and the day is spent. He went in to stay with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at the table with them, he took the bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he was vanished from their sight. And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem, and found eleven, and those who were with them, gathered together, saying, the Lord is risen, and he has appeared to us. Just a few things from that particular scripture that I think can cause a level of expectancy. Remember, here are men who are disappointed, who are discouraged, who are overwhelmed by all the stuff that's there. They feel their lives have fallen apart. they got no hope. And suddenly something breaks forth. Here's the first thing. They had fresh fellowship with Jesus. I don't think you can be around Jesus and have no expectancy. That's why I said worship is so important. Worship enlarges your heart. As you get worship in your life, it just causes your expectancy level to rise. That's why worship is so important. The more I worship, the more I praise. In fact, praise is a declaration of expectancy. Is that right? I'm expecting it to turn around. That's why I'm praising I don't expect this to remain as it is. And as a declaration of how I expect my life to turn around, I'm praising. Next thing is, resolve the baggage. Kind of let go. Forgive. Acknowledge the areas that you need to deal with. Because those are the things that are limiting your expectation. Thirdly, get clear Specific goals, know your purpose. This is what Paul said. He says, if I lay hold of that which Christ lay hold of me. Isn't that amazing? He says, God has got hold of me for a reason. Every one of us, Christ got a hold of you, not just so for you to go to heaven, he got a hold of you for a reason and a purpose. And part of, and part of 
have an expectation is to know the reason and the purpose for which Christ got hold of me in the first place. Why did Jesus get a hold of you? That means you've got something special about you. There's something unique about you. There's something amazing about you that God got a hold of you to fulfill a purpose. Amen? Here's a fourth thing. Pray the promises of God. Find the promise for your situation. And begin to confess that promise and speak that promise. And as you do that, you'll find expectation begin to rise. Fifth thing, focus your effort. Eliminate what is contrary to my expectation. Focus on what builds expectation. Don't focus on what brings down expectation, but focus on what brings expectation. And here's the last thing. Constantly express Gratitude, I like that one. George Muller, what an amazing man of expectation. He was believing God to build an orphanage. And he was visiting a school, and a young boy came, and some of you may remember this, but he says, here's a farthing for your orphanage. And the moment he received that farthing, he says, thank you, Lord, I've received my orphanage. There's one to say. He learned to give thanks in the small things. And as he learned to live a life of gratitude, a life of celebration, God met his need in incredible ways. He built three orphanages, fed thousands, thousands of children, never made one appeal for money ever. But he lived with constant expectation in his heart because he lived a life of celebration. Thanking God just for that father, just for that penny, when he needed hundreds of thousands of pounds. I've seen that happen many times, particularly in the area of healing. Some people have like a real pain in their, real, maybe a situation in their shoulder. First thing they do is just lift up all as far as they can get. And they just begin to thank God, just for that little bit of movement there. And the more they begin to thank, the more they begin to praise, God's power gets more and more released. And there's something about living a life of celebration. Just thanking him. You know, every time something amazing or good happens to your life, just thank him and praise him. Might not be massive things. Maybe just a small thing. You're saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for, for that pound. Thank you for someone buying me that meal the other day. Thank you, Lord, for, for this. And they, you just live with so many things. You just thank God. And all the little things. And I found this, when you live a life of celebration, you live a life of expectation. So God says this morning, come on, let's raise the bar. Raise the level of expectation. Believe me, you do awesome and great things in your life. Let's just come before him right now. Maybe you're here this morning. Maybe disappointment has kind of got right down in the heart. I'm not saying that every question is answered. Sometimes we live with unanswered questions, but the point is we're just saying, God, today, it's caused my level of expectation to rise. It's caused my heart to 
us be so moved and so touched by you that my expectancy level will just rise. Expect mighty things from you. That you are such a great and awesome God. Hallelujah. Maybe there's areas of your life this morning. God just wants you to expect him to come into those areas of your life. It could be long-term situations, issues that we've been living with. Maybe uh, we've had hope deferred and we can't believe that situation could ever be turned around. God, this one wants to cause your expectation, your hope to rise. He's the God of all hope. Nothing, no situation, no circumstance that he and his grace and his mercy can't turn around in our life. So just bring us things to the Lord's place. Say, Lord, cause over that area of my life, cause expectancy to, to rise. See, nothing will change until expectancy rises in our hearts. Jesus came to people, and the people that he touched were those who came to him with expectancy. Came to him, believe in him to turn those things around. And those are the ones that always got their miracles. And those with expectant hearts. Not perfect people. Not people got everything together, but they had a quality of expectation. And that was what turned their circumstance and their situation around. Father, I just pray this morning. Would you cause level of our expectancy to rise this morning. We thank you we can be expectant for great things because you are a great God. You are an awesome God. You are a mighty God. And I pray, Lord, let hope and expectancy rise in our hearts today. Lord, we would come expecting you from your superabundance, abundance of mercy, abundance of grace, Lord, I pray for those who need a miracle, those who need a touch from you, those who maybe even hearts feel away from you and just, just need you to reach out and just draw them back. Those who've been, been believing you for loved ones and it's been so long and nothing seems to have changed or turned around. Lord, I pray, God, cause expectancy again to rise, I pray. Move in every heart, move in every heart. Lord, Move upon the desires and affections of our hearts. Thank you for listening to this free download from Delancey Elam Church. For more downloads, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.